What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of The Reveal Rob Show. I am, of course, your host, The Reveal Rob, coming at you with all the latest news I've uh, piled up, if you will, copy and paste is what I actually did. <laughs> and I'm going to talk all about that and then talk some other stuff on this show. That's what the show does. It's movie talk, man. Movie talk. Freaking playlist talk. Playlist ain't the word. Freaking list talk. <laughs> all kinds of talk on this show. Maybe a playlist. Who knows? I don't know. I never know what I'm doing this show. I just... Hit record and start recording. You know, I hit record, I hit let's get twisted, and then we get all twisted up. That's how the show works, man. So, hope all of you out there have been doing good. Myself, pretty freaking fantastic right now, man. Let me tell you. I, um, the whole last week, man. WrestleMania week, NXT was awesome. WrestleMania was awesome. Had a great time with both. I freaking went down to Georgia, visited one of my best friends. Had a great time there. Got some new Chucky stuff to add to the collection. Got a freaking beanie, so that's cool. Now I have two beanies. I officially own two beanies in my whole life. One Houston Texans beanie, and now the uh, the good guys beanie, which looked really awesome. First time I saw it, I'm like, yeah, definitely need that. And then I got, never had one of these things before in my life. Um, It's like a throw blanket or something like that. I guess you put it on your bed. I don't know. I just saw Chucky, and I like the design of the thing. I'm like, hey, Chucky collection, adding it. Let's go. Um, So, yeah, I don't know what that's for. I don't know Um, design. But other than that, not a whole lot going on. Just, you know, living life. I bought the Skyrim game. Going to check that out. My buddy uh, showed me that game, told me about it. It was on like a massive sale this week. It was only $15. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'll add it to the collection. But got to finish WWE 2K20. And I had the Spider-Man game now. So I can officially play that. Uh, my nephew gave me that. So <laughs> I didn't even buy it. My nephew just gave it to me. So definitely need to check that game out. Play it. I was insane. I'm going to play that game for a while. Need to double check to see if the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man suit is available on this game to purchase or if it's just the remastered game. If it's the remastered game, then fuck. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're not here to talk about, you know what, we are here to talk about this. Show talk, we talk everything. Everything is talked about on the show, but mostly we talk movie stuff. So why don't we say we go ahead and segue over, not ride a segue, I can't do that. I don't know how to ride a segue. I'm sure if I got on a segue, freaking fall so hard. That I put a hole on the ground. <laughs> I think that's how it's going to work. But let's move into some movie news, shall we? Uh, and TV news. So starting it off, Chucky, the TV series. Talking about Chucky earlier, the stuff I added to the collection. Chucky series on the way. We know it's coming. It's going to be on USA and Siffy. And let me tell you, I'm obviously excited about it. It's a continuation of the original freaking series, which is awesome. Glad to see that continuing to go on. And we've got some even more casting news, man. They've been casting a lot. Uh, I've talked about it on previous episode, and we got some more news. We now know that Alex Vincent, who, of course, plays Andy uh, in the original two films, and he uh, recently came back, and Christina Lee, who played Kyle in Child's Play 2, is returning as well. Uh, both original characters returning to the series. They were both last seen in Cult of Chucky, and it looks like they're continuing on with that storyline from there to go into the series. Can't wait, man. Super stoked, super excited. I'm glad to see uh, both of them back. Maybe they'll uh, bring some other characters back, uh, like the Silva, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but, but you know, who knows? Storyline-wise, Andy's kind of moved on from uh, the whole of Silva thing. So, who knows? We'll see. Check it out. Uh, check out the Chucky movies if you haven't already. Great freaking franchise, by the way. But... Can't wait for that show, man. It's going to be awesome. Might have to figure out a cable situation when that comes around because 
definitely have to make sure I watch that show. But nonetheless, super stoked and pumped and excited for that uh, to happen. What else do we got? We got uh, Saw News, which is convenient because I have a Saw show coming to my Patreon very soon. Look me up on Patreon, review it, Rob, for franchise deep dives, talking freaking DC television shows, um, Halloween Horror Night show in the works, another show just based on like horror movies and stuff. A lot of stuff cooking over there, man, and it's about ready to boil over. And what I mean by that, it's about ready to release all that stuff. So a couple more episodes of Nightmare on Review Street left uh, to do. I'm at the remake, so that's going to be a process. I'm gonna, I'm interested to rewatching that because I'm trying to figure out why people hate it so much. And now that I've seen all the other films, maybe I'll get the idea why people hate that movie so much. But anyway, Saw, uh, apparently a tenth film is already being actively developed. Uh, Spiral, of course, is getting ready to come out on May 14th. That is, of course, the ninth film. And they're already working on a tenth film, it seems, as it has been announced to be actively in development. No idea what the film's going to center around. Probably you have to wait till after Spiral to see if um, anything's going to go on there. Of course, we can check the box office for how Spiral does, but I'm sure Spiral's going to do fantastic. Uh, so, cool, man. Bring it on. Saw films seemed like they were done for a while. They did the final chapter, which, again, anytime a freaking horror movie says it's the final one, never the final one. Uh, so, there you go. Paul Dano, you know him? I don't know. But, yeah. You like that, right? Yes. Uh, Paul Dano, he's been cast as a regular for the upcoming the Robert Pattinson starring Batman movie. He has now joined the Steven Spielberg semi-anti-biographical film. Uh, of, and he's going to be playing uh, Steven Spielberg's fictional father. Uh, he is joining Michelle Williams, who is playing a version of his mother, uh, Steven Spielberg's mother. And Seth Rogen, who is portraying a version of his favorite uncle. Each of the characters will have a unique voice separate from the real people who serve as the inspiration. It's unclear how much Steven Spielberg's uh, biography, how much of this will be a direct biography, uh, will factor into the story, of course. But students of Spielberg's life know that just how crucial his late childhood in Arizona was, which this film is going to be taking place around his uh, late childhood in Arizona, is when he first started making Super 8 movies with his friends and it's when his parents' marriage began to fall apart. So some stuff going on around this movie for sure. And Super 8, by the way, there's a movie called Super 8. Check it out. Interesting movie. I enjoyed it at least. Alright, let's see. Netflix and Sony Pictures have struck a deal that will uh, keep the upcoming Spider-Man films and other selections from, uh, from uh, Sony Pictures on Netflix after they finish in theaters. This apparently will start with uh, Sony's 2022 film slate. Future Spider-Man movies will land on Netflix following their theatrical run. Kind of unclear at the moment about what's going on with Spider-Man No Way Home, but I'm sure that's included in the deal. Along with other Marvel characters, Sony still holds the rights to, like Jared Leto's Morbius and Tom Hardy's Venom. Netflix will also license certain older Sony Pictures films. So there you go. Netflix keeping it going, man. All the competition has been coming up between... Uh, Disney Plus and HBO Max and yada yadas. Netflix is still doing it, man. Uh, let's jump over to Warner Media, shall we? And Warner Media CEO Jason Kalar has confirmed the studio will be returning to exclusive theatrical runs in 2022. Warner Brothers is looking to shift tentpole releases at the very least back to exclusively debuting in theaters in 2022, which comes on the heels of Warner Media striking a deal with Sinworld, who is the you know umbrella for Regal Cinemas. To offer a 40-day window of theatrical exclusivity 
I did not say that word right, but I'm not going back on Warner Brothers films next year. Quote, I think it's very fair to say that a big, you know, let's say a big DC movie, the Batman, for example, it's very fair to say that that would go exclusively to theaters first and then go somewhere like an HBO Max after it's in theaters. I don't want anyone to misinterpret what we're doing right now as is any indication that we're not believers in the movie going experience. I don't think you're going to see the world go back to 2016. The world is changing, and that's the way the world is supposed to work. For the time being, though, Warner Brothers has a bunch of movies coming up for theatrical and HBO Max releases. Uh, let's see, we got Mortal Kombat, that's coming in April. We've got an Angelina Jolie movie called Those Who Wish Me Dead. We got, of course, my most anticipated movie, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, we got John M. Chu's In the Heights. We've got Space Jam, A New Legacy. If Have you watched that trailer yet, by the way? Watch the trailer. What a wild time that movie's going to be. Um, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. We got James Wan's Maligent. We've got Dune. And we have a Matrix movie all coming theatrically and simultaneously on the HBO Max. Good times, man. Good times to be had by people. Uh, I think, I don't know when I'm returning to theaters, I'll definitely see The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It in theaters just to give The Conjuring all the money because I love, 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 love that film franchise. Uh, Mortal Kombat is tempting and The Suicide Squad is probably going to be the first movie to get me back in theaters. I, I tried to look at tickets the other day for the movie theater close to me, the Regal close to me, and they didn't have any time, so I guess that theater's not open yet. Bummer, but whatever. I can watch it on HBO Max, so not a total bummer, you know? That's what I've enjoyed. I mean, I've enjoyed it, man. I, I'm i going to tell you, being able to watch Godzilla vs. Kong at home instead of going to theaters to see it, I know it probably looked better in theaters. It was probably awesome for the theater experience, but I enjoyed being able to watch that movie at home, especially after you know, not being the biggest fan of the last Godzilla movie or the Godzilla movie before that. You know, it's good to be able to sit at home, use the $15 already pay for HBO Max, and, you know, watch it at home. So it worked. It worked out. It did its thing. It was good. Um, the movie's fine. I didn't hate the movie. It's fine. Um, let's move along. While we're talking about Warner Brothers stuff, mentioned DC a little bit. Uh, DC News, Shazam has cast another villain in their movie. Shazam, Fury of the Gods cast Lucy Liu as a villain in the movie. Uh, Lucy Liu, you may know her from uh, Elementary or Why Women Kill, uh, she is set to join the DC Comics adaptation Shazam! Fury of the Gods as the villain Calypso, who is the sister of Helen Mirren. Remember, we announced her not too long ago as a villain for this bad boy as well. Uh, Hippospira is what I'm calling her. Hippospira <laughs> is what I'm going to call that character. Um, like Helen Mirren's character, Hippospira, Luz Calypso does not have an uh, obvious counterpoint in the DC Comics. Both characters, however, are the daughters of the Greek god Atlantis, who is one of the sources of Shazam's powers. He holds the stanimo of Atlantis, as well as the power of Zeus, the strength of Hercules, of the wisdom of Solomon, and... Did I say that right? Solomon. It's Solomon. Not Solomon. Solomon. Um, and the speed of Mercury. And the courage of Achilles. Not the tendon. The god. Uh, Shazam! Fury of the Gods is scheduled to release... On June 2nd, 2023, not too far away from my brother's birthday, and I'm sure he's going to be seeing that bad boy in theaters because he loves the first Shazam movie. I think that's his favorite DCEU movie. You know, hey, to each their own. <laughs> I didn't hate the movie, but I would not say it's my favorite of the DCEU. 
Uh, let's see. We, oh, we got schedule changes. All right. It's still happening. Movies are, you know, scheduling uh, uh, wherever they can schedule at this point. So we've got some movies shifting around as it goes on. As things are reopening, shifting around, maybe they're up against a movie that they don't want to be up against. Maybe they're just, you know, having to push back because of pushback sakes. So movies, scheduling, here we go. So Paramount Pictures has uh, officially decided to shift the release dates for three of my favorite actors. Movies Tom the Man Cruise, as I like to call him, with the long-awaited Top Gun Maverick seeing its sixth delay, damn it. Uh, it's moving from Independence Day weekend to November 19th, as well as the Mission Impossible sequels have both been delayed for a year. Uh, Writer-director Christopher Chris, Christopher, <laughs> Christopher McQuarrie's Mission Impossible 7, which is still currently in production, is now set to open Memorial Day weekend on May 27th, 2022, a month before my birthday. So that's going to be an early birthday present for me. Pitting it up against John Wick, Chapter 4 at Lionsgate. I guarantee you that's probably going to change. I don't think those two movie franchises want to go against each other, so I will not be surprised if John Wick uh, wicks it out of the way. Um, while Mission Impossible 8 has also been delayed from its November 4th, 2022 to July 7th, 2023. Late birthday present for me as my birthday is around the end of June. So again, I will be seeing that bad boy in theaters. Uh, filming for the project is expected to begin as soon as Tom Cruise completes his promotional duties for Top Gun Maverick. I don't know why my gun sounds like a freaking old school phone, but we're going with it. <laughs> All right. Um, other release date news, Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins movie. I don't know much about the G.I. Joes, but that movie will be hitting theaters July 23rd. Uh, the next Indiana Jones adventure will begin on July 29th, 2022, as announced on Disney's Facebook page. The amazingly incredible John Williams will return to score the film. Um, and we now got more casting news that Fleabag creator and Emmy winner Phoebe Waller-Bridge is joining the cast of Indiana Jones 5. Uh, Lucasfilms announced Friday in a press release that James Mangold is taking over directing duties for Steven Spielberg. Um who helmed the first four Indiana Jones picks. Legendary composer John Williams is back to score the fifth installment, as I mentioned a second ago, after leading the franchise to Adventurous Heights and Raiders of the Lost Ark 40 years ago. I was not alive. Um, quote, I'm thrilled to be starting a new adventure, collaborating with a dream team of all-time great filmmakers. Uh, fan, fan gold. <laughs> Man gold said in a statement, Stephen, Harrison, Kathy, Frank, and John are all artistic heroes of mine. When you add Phoebe, a dazzling actor, brilliant creative voice, and the chemistry she will undoubtedly bring onto the set, I can't help but feel as lucky as Indiana Jones himself. So there you go. Indiana Jones 5. It's actually happening. Um, can't wait to see how this movie goes. <laughs> I don't know what to expect with this movie, to be honest with you. I am waiting to see what happens. Uh, the Drac Pack is back. Don't miss the final chapter of Hotel Transylvania, Transformania, Transylvania, Transformania, all right, <laughs> say that five times fast, will be hitting theaters July 23rd, that is of course Adam Sandler voicing Dracula, um, other people, Kevin James in the movie, I think David Spade's in the movie, uh, I'm sure Rob Schneider's somewhere in there, you know the Adam Sandler group of characters, uh, Andy Samberg I think is in it, the lovely Selena Gomez is in it. Um, so there you go. Another Hotel Transylvania is on the way. And the uh, Forever Purge is now set for a July 4th weekend release. 
as it'll be releasing July 2nd, 2021. Uh, more details on this movie. This film takes The Purge out of its usual metropolitan setting while still dealing with class and race issues in the way the previous films have. This is also set to be the final movie in the franchise. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the movie takes place after the events of election year and will center on uh, Ad, Ad, Adele and Juan, who find solace at a Texas ranch, a Texan ranch, Texas, Texas, you know, whatever, um, being fled, having fled a drug cartel in Mexico. Things go wire, of course, as they always do, when a group of outsiders decide to keep purging beyond the allotted time when people can break any and all rules. Fucking rule breakers, man. Um, so the Forever Purge, releasing July 4th, uh, weekend, I guess that is, on July 2nd, 2021. Uh, we'll see, maybe it is the last movie in the franchise, but again, with, hor with horror movies especially, saying it's the final film is not always gonna be the final film. It's not always the case. So, I'm sure the movie might do money again. How are the pandemics looking around July? It's probably going to be looking much better than it is right now. Let's be honest. Let's be fair. Let's be truthful. So it'll do. It'll do good. And they'll be like, hey, a couple years later, kind of just like Saul did with the final chapter. Give it a couple years. There will be another Purge movie, without a doubt. Um, interesting news that was released around all this stuff, talking about time schedules and all. Um, a Star Trek movie has a release date. Uh, Star Trek rebooted in what 2009 with the Star Trek film starring Chris Pine um, and we haven't seen a Star Trek film since Star Trek Beyond which I really enjoyed um, so it's kind of been on the record are we getting another Star Trek movie is the Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie that's been rumored to be happening coming and then it's just kind of been stalemate um, nothing's really been going on there the franchise itself has been doing plenty of things there's like countless amounts of shows that have been announced uh released done it's freaking airplane flying over me right now during recording you are an asshole airplane you freaking airplane i hope all of everybody on the plane well don't wreck be safe all that good stuff but by the way you're an asshole you jackass anyways um so star trek we didn't know what was going on they're doing cbs uh what is it all access or cbs plus i think it's paramount plus now i don't fucking know there's so many different streaming services um so yeah, there you go. Have to, you know, where was I? Stupid plane threw me off track. Anyway, Star Trek movie. It has a release date for 2023. Um, to, uh, it was announced, Paramount announced that they've got an untitled Star Trek coming July 9th, not July, June 9th, 2023. Um, highly subject to change, of course. Uh, we don't know anything about this new Star Trek movie. We don't know if it's a continuation of the Kelvin timeline that started in Star Trek 2009. Or if it's a fresh reboot, but it is apparently being produced by J.J. Abrams, who, you know, of course produced the other Star Trek movies. So, who knows, man? Who knows what they're doing? But it, it, I, I'm missing Star Trek movies. I hope they continue with this storyline, especially since Sophia was added to the cast with Beyond. And she's so fucking awesome. She's one of my favorite actresses. So, I would love to see her continue um, in the series. But, uh, Jayla. She played Jayla. So, hopefully... That continues, but who knows? I mean, Chris Pine's free now. He's not doing the Wonder Woman films anymore. I don't know what Zachary Quinto's up to. Um, uh, so, who knows? Who knows? Well, we'll see what happens. 2023, a couple years from now. So, I mean, they've got time to announce something or move something. Who knows? Uh, up next, news-wise, we've got Kevin James will be playing football coach Sean Payton 
in a Netflix movie based on when Sean Payton was suspended in 2012 and was the coach of his son's sixth grade football team. All right. Um, okay. I guess that, that, that'll be a flick it <laughs> at some other point in time, which is also a Patreon exclusive. Again, check out my Patreon, man. Give me some support. We got four supporters right now. Awesome people. Thank you for the support. More people are always welcome to come support as well. But I love my supporters. I'm very thankful that these people took the time and money to listen to me ramble about freaking Nightmare on Elm Street and all the stuff I'm be rambling about very soon. So, very appreciative of my uh, Patreons. Can't wait to uh, release more stuff for all of you beautiful people. And again, come join. Just $4 a month. A lot of content coming. A lot of fun times. Support your boy. Alright? That's all I'm saying. Um, let's see. Kong Skull Island filmmaker Jor- Jordan Voigt Roberts will be directing a live-action Gundam film for Netflix as well. So that'll be a future flicks as well. I don't know anything about Gundam. I have no idea what Gundam is. Um, let's see. Most Gundams are large, bipedal, humanoid vehicles. Humanoid, what a word. Um, controlled from a cockpit, eh, cock, uh, by a humanoid plot. The cockpit, eh, cock, is located in the torso, yeah it is, while the head serves as a camera to transmit images back to eh, the cockpit. Um, the protagonists are new types, genetically advanced human Humans adapted for space, new types have psychic abilities that enable them to sense each other across space to utilize special mobile suits. Okay, uh, The original series synopsis goes like this. And the war between the Earth Federation... Earth Federation, is that like a separate wrestling federation? You know, we had the World Wrestling Federation at one point in time. So is Earth. Anyways. Um, in the war between the Earth Federation and Xeon... Not to be confused with uh, Xenon. Xeon. A young, inexperienced crew find themselves on a new spaceship. Their best hope of making it through the conflict is the Gundam. A giant humanoid robot. (laughs) I'm laughing because the way I typed when I was typing that out, I typed robot. (laughs) So a giant humanoid robot and his gifted teenage pilot, of course, not much known about what the legendary Netflix movie will be. Not legendary as in the movie's already being considered to be a legendary movie. Legendary, the film company. Uh, and Netflix are teaming up for this thing. You know, good on them. Again, I don't know what Gundam is. Reading about it right then, I don't know if it's for me. I don't know. But, um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and let's see, last bit of thing I have here is that uh, Bill Murray's been talkative, man. Bill Murray's been talking about Ghostbusters. And I think on last week's episode, I talked about how he felt during filming of Ghostbusters Afterlife and all that good stuff. So he, in a recent interview, and we got Ghostbusters Afterlife coming soon, so I'm sure Bill Murray's going to do a lot of interviews. I'm sure Dan Aykroyd's going to start um, doing some interviews as well. But uh, Bill Murray said that Ghostbusters 2 was a trick that he got tricked into doing. So uh, Bill Murray said he was tricked into making Ghostbusters 2 and that the studio brought the original cast back under false pretenses quote-unquote, by Bill Murray. Uh, He said this during a recent interview with Santa Barbara International Film Festival. He talked about how he was, quote, very reluctant to do a Ghostbusters 2 at first and that he was outfoxed by the studio. Quote, I don't know if director Ivan Reitman set it up, but they got us all back together in a room, and really, we hadn't been together in a room since the movie came out, and it was just really, really fun to be together. They got all of us together, and they pitched a story idea that was really great. I thought, holy cow, we can make that work. The problem is, however, 
um, according to Murray, that the story idea never came to fruition. Quote, they got us in the sequel under false pretenses, Murray said. Harold had this great idea, but by the time we got to shooting it, I showed up on set and went, what the hell is this? What is this thing? But we were already shooting it, so we had to figure out how to make it work. Murray went on to say that he's more fond of the first film than the second. Quote, I probably like the first one better than the second one, just because the first cut is the deepest. We were in New York. We really had, we really made a mess in New York for a couple of months, but we had a lot of fun. Bill Murray will, of course, be in Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is a direct sequel to Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2, which will be coming out later this year. Murray praised the script back in January 2020, saying that it's got a lot of emotion in it, and it's got a lot of family in it, with with uh, throw lines that are very interesting. I don't know. I don't know why it took such a long pause just then. But there you go, man. Murray's been... Murray's been talkative, man. The proton packs are hard to wear, and apparently Ghostbusters 2 was a trick. So, hey, <laughs> Murray Murray puts it out there, man. Bill Murray does not care, and nor does he have to. He's fucking Bill Murray. So, there you go. That was the news for this episode. Uh, so, now that means, of course, now that the news has happened, we take a break, take a pause for the cause, and then we're going to come back with um something. <laughs> we'll see what happens on the other side of this episode. Be right back. Do you like to go to Halloween Horror Nights? Do you yourself like Hollow Scream, haunted attractions, ghostly encounters, and other scary things? Or maybe on the weekend, you like to summon a ghost or go find yourself a demon. If you do, then this is the podcast for you. Haunters! You can follow us every Wednesday on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Haunters Pod. Where we're ready to haunt you. Ah, oh, wonderful. It comes off kind of creepy. We're keeping it! When the walls that they put up to hold us back fell down, it's a revolution. Throw your hands up, cause we never gave in. Let's sing hallelujah. We sang hallelujah. back to the show that was a snippet of my all-time favorite taylor swift song change uh that is off of taylor swift's fearless album taylor's version which was released last week which is just fantastic to be able to listen to her songs again um because fuck scooter braun and i will not support that guy in any way shape or form so i'm so glad that i'm able to listen to her songs again be able to stream them be able to listen to them and I'm glad she started with Fearless, because what an amazing album that was. And just fantastic revisiting and remake, if you will, of her um, original works. Change, what a beautiful song, all-time favorite. So, kind of leading into that, there's this article I saved a while back that I um, eventually wanted to talk about and somehow never got to talking about. Uh, this is an IGN article that says 14 film remakes that are better than the original film. So, obviously, Hollywood, they've been doing a lot of remakes of films, which is fine, which is fine. I've talked about it several times on this show, how I feel about film remakes. I got no problems with them, you know. That's their deal. It does absolutely nothing to erase the original film. You don't like the remake, cool, whatever. 
no reason to go around complaining and whining about, oh, it ruined the original movie. They should have never touched it. Yada, 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 yada. No, it didn't. It doesn't ruin anything. The original movie's still there. You still enjoy it with no problem. So anyways, 14 films where the uh, remake is essentially better than the original, according to IGN people. So let's talk about this. Let's go through this. Let's see what happens. So the first movie up is Cape Fear. Uh, J.L. Thompson's 1962 novel starred uh, Gregory Peck as a lawyer who turned on his own clients and Robert Mitchum as the criminal who comes back for revenge. It's a respectable, well-acted movie, but the remake directed by Martin Scorsese starring Nick Dolte and Robert De Niro is one of the best thrillers of the 1990s. The original was interesting and suspenseful. The remake is enthralling and terrifying. I'm going to be honest, I have not seen the original Cape Fear but I have seen the remake Cape Fear, and it is a solid movie. It is a really good movie. Robert De Niro, fantastic. Enough said. Um, so I need to check that out, see how I feel. Maybe that's a Patreon show as well. Look at this. Look at this. Another Patreon show. Um, so we'll get into that eventually. Sorry, freaking technical stuff messing around with me. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> there we go. Jesus. <laughs> All right, up next, Casino Royale. Casino Royale introduced audiences to Daniel Craig's newer stellar adap interpretation, <laughs> um, stellar adaptation of James Bond, but it didn't introduce audiences to Casino Royale. Ian Fleming's first James Bond novel had been adapted twice before in a decent 1954 TV movie, which made Bond an American. And an outrageously silly but not very funny spoof in 1967. Martin Campbell's remake captured all the excitement and cynical character developments of Fleming's novel and successfully jump started the failing movie franchise in the process. Flailing. Flailing movie franchise. Whatever. Um, Casino Royale. Guess what? Haven't seen it. <laughs> Haven't followed too much into the uh, James Bond film series. I saw. Did I see this movie? I don't know. I saw one of the James Bond. Skyfall. I saw Skyfall. <laughs> um, maybe there you go. Another 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 Patreon show. James Bond movies. I don't know about that one actually. All right. Let's see. Up next, The Fly. Uh, Kurt Newman's rock solid 1958 monster movie about a scientist whose teleportation experiments accidentally splice his genes with a housefly is a minor horror classic with one of the best endings in the genre. But David Cronenberg's, Cronenberg's, yeah, David Cronenberg's 1986 remake transforms transforms a straightforward monster flick into a profound sci-fi tragedy and the disturbing metaphor for slowly wasting away from disease. Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis give incredible performances, and the Oscar-winning makeup effects are still some of the best ever filmed. Check out The Fly, man, if you haven't seen The Fly. Uh, Heat. Is that the movie with, uh... Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy? That's the heat. <laughs> um, all right, heat. Michael Mann's brilliant heist drama about cops and robbers who share common ground as dedicated professionals features a great performance by Al Pacino and Robert De Niro and one of the all-time greatest movie shout-outs. It's also a remake of a lesser-known TV movie, L.A. Takedown, also directed by Mann, which features some of the same dialogue but a cast that could can't hold a candle to Heat's dynamic powerhouses. Which is fair. I mean, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. I mean, come on. Those are those are two dudes that just freaking know how to 
They know how to do it, man. <laughs> they know how to do it. So, I can understand that one. I can understand that one. Alright, His Girl Friday. I have no idea what this is. <laughs> um, Howard Hawks comic comedy classic about a reporter trying to retire into domestic... What? <laughs> and the editor who won't let her. Oh, okay. Domest... Is that a word? Domesticity? That's a word. Wow. Um, and the editor who won't let her is a gender-swapped remake of Lewis Milestone's 1931 film, The Front Page. That original film is solid. It was even nominated for Best Picture. But the sparks that fly between Rosalind Russell and Cary Grant in the remake particularly set on screen on fire. The front page has been remade several times since, but the first remake is still the best. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> it! Ooh, oh, this is this is going to be controversial. Andy Machete's It was a critically acclaimed blockbuster adaptation of Stephen King's iconic novel capturing the horrors of demonic clowns and the horrors of growing up in equal, impressive measure. King's story had been... Adapted before in a respectable TV miniseries starring the incredible Tim Curry. I added the incredible Tim Curry in there. It's, I feel like his name should always have the incredible in front of it. Uh, the incredible Tim Curry as Pennywise the Clown. But although Curry's performance is disturbing as hell, the remake is scarier and more dramatically potent. Machete's film only covers half of the novel, of course, and only time will tell if the follow-up is just as good. Uh, that lets you know how old this article is. <laughs> the follow-up already came out. Um, both It films... Well, no. There's only one It film. Well, no. There's two It films. But this It movie versus the TV miniseries. Eh, you know. I've seen both of them. It's... Eh. I admit, Pennywise is definitely... I guess scarier in the, the film version. But Tim Curry's performance cannot be denied, man. So that's... That's a tough one, and like I said, that's going to be a battle between people just because of Tim Curry, obviously. Uh, the miniseries what I f was fine, but the movie I've definitely watched more, so I guess I'm going to have to lead the way in the movie on that one. Uh, the second movie has been met with uh, mixed reviews. Uh, the second eight movie, It Chapter 2. Um, I enjoyed bits and pieces of it. There are bits and pieces I wasn't a huge fan of. I have not gone back to watch that movie since I saw it in theaters, I don't think. so. I have HBO Max. It's on there. So I can definitely check it out when um, when need be. House on Haunted Hill. Uh, <laughs> William Castle's 1959 horror flick House on Haunted Hill starred the amazing Vincent Price as a billionaire who offers a cash prize to anyone who can stay all night in a haunted house. Price is good, but the movie is stodgy, what a word, and slow. William Malone's remake, which stars Jeffrey Rush as the millionaire, doing a Vincent Price impression no less, is a wild thrill ride of a horror movie. It's still ridiculous, of course, but the cast is having a great time hamming it up, and the frights are infinitely creepier than the original. Alrighty then. Invasion of the Body Snatchers! Make no mistake, Don Siegel's 1956 Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a, still a genre classic, illustrating the horrors of confirmity, <laughs> I can't talk, and through a sci-fi tale about aliens copying human beings and taking their place. But Philip Kaufman's 1978 remake conveys the same message with more disturbing visual effects, subtler performances, and a conclusion that'll knock the wind out of you. They're both great. The remake is better. 
Okay. That's according to them. <laughs> Abel Ferraras. 1993 remake Body Snatchers is good, too. The 2007 version with Nicole Kidman. Not so much. Holy hell, they've made a lot of these movies, haven't they? Um, that's interesting. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I wonder... Because he just said both are great. I wonder if there's this thing. There's this thing that happens with movies. That, you know, came out like a long time ago. 30s, 40s, 50s. That get remade and people instantly think they're better. Because they look better. You know? Because it's not black and white. And there's people out there in the world who don't like a movie just because it's black and white. Or just because it looks older. And the camera's a different kind of camera. The camera's not as fancy as the camera's around today. Uh, so I think a lot of that goes into a lot of people's feelings about things. So, but, you, you know. Yeah. Uh, the Jungle Book. Very interesting here. Uh, Walt Disney's 1967 animated classic, which was also a remake, got an upgrade in 2016 when John Favreau created... I think it's Favreau, but Favreau's fun to say. Uh, created a CGI version with a single human child in the lead. A 1967 version is a lovable but formless and episodic adventure that plays out as loosely as can be. Five roles, remake as dramatic heft, bigger stakes, and a conclusion that's less about growing up and abandoning childish things and more about maturing and taking responsibility. Another example in which both movies are good, but the remake simply has the edge. Is a freaking airport above me today? Freaking planes! Again, hope everybody's fine on the plane. Hope the plane makes it safe. But come on, man! Um... I, I don't remember the animated Jungle Book movie. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I've ever watched it. Hey, didn't grow up watching a whole lot of Disney stuff. All right. I grew up with like 101 Dalmatians, The Lion King, you know, that Disney. Uh, the classic Disney stuff I didn't grow up around. So is that a train too? Was it playing trains and ruin Rob's podcast day? Eh? Freaking A, dude. Um, so there you go. I mean, that's an interesting take. I know a lot of people love that original Jungle Book. Is that another plane? What's going on? <laughs> I'm in the middle of a freaking air show right now. Can you go away? Safely, of course. Please be safe. But go away. Jeez. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, Jungle Book. Whatever. Let's move along. <laughs> uh, the Maltese Falcon. My wrestling name, by the way. Um, one of the most iconic film noirs in history. In which Humphrey Bogart navigates a series of elaborate double and triple crosses... As scam artists and murderers try to steal a priceless statue from one another, which is actually the third film adaptation of Desia Hamas story. The 1931 adaptation featured darker, more sexual themes, but otherwise makes little impression. And the ill-advised comedic version, Satan Met a Lady, hey, what a name, um, 1936, is actual pretty painful to watch. Well, there you go. There you go. Ocean's Eleven. The 1960 Rat Pack caper Ocean's Eleven featured what was, at the time, an eye-popping amazing cast. Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Peter Lawford, Joey Bishop, the list goes on. But the movie doesn't know what to do with them, and frequently plugs. Steven Sodenberg's Zippy remake, which stars George Clooney, Julia Roberts, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Don Cheadle, and many more is a grand ensemble piece giving even every wonderful actor something wonderful to do. There you go. Uh, Pete's Dragon. No idea. <laughs> no idea. Disney's 1977 live action slash animated hybrid about a runaway child whose best friend is a cartoon dragon 
is a weird, wacky comedy with great songs and oddball performances. But the remake, directed by David Lowry, is a magical motion picture. Gorgeously photographed, sympathetically acted, and emotionally impactful. It overshadows the original in almost every way. Those original songs really are great. Cool, man. I don't know anything about this. <laughs> I'm going to be right honest with you. What is this called? Peach Dragon? Don't know. I have no idea. I do know about this, though. The Thing from Another World is a respectable and smartly crafted 1971 science fiction classic about a monster attacking scientists at an Arctic outpost. John Carpenter's 1982 remake, The Thing, is one of the scariest motion pictures ever made, eschewing the breezy dialogue of the original and focusing instead on mistrust, paranoia, and a monster who could look like anyone. Carpenter's film burrows under your skin and stays there, and its makeup effects are unforgettably grotesque. Yes! That one, I can 100% agree with. The freaking John Carpenter's thing is freaking brilliantly, brutally-tastic. The Wizard of Oz... All right. Um, the Wizard of Oz is one of the most beloved movies of all time, with songs people still sing and dialogue people still quote. It's also a remake of L. Frank Baham, fantasy classic about a little girl from Kansas who travels over the rainbow. Over the rainbow. To a land of fantastical creatures had already been turned into multiple silent films by the time Judy Garland took over the lead role. And none of them make even remotely the same impression. Wizard of Oz is a classic. I mean, let's be let's be honest and fair there. Whether you like it or you don't like it, it's a friggin' classic. So, hey, good on them. Um, is that it? Is that the list? Oh, nope, there's one more right here. Um, Rob Zombie's Halloween. <laughs> Alright, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding with that one. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding in the best way. I love Rob Zombie's Halloween. It's my favorite horror movie of all time. Fucking love that movie to death. People who hate it, fuck off. Movie's awesome. Um, you're titled to your opinion, but guess what? I don't fucking care. I love Rob Zombie's Halloween movie. Um, but yeah, there you go. That's 14 remakes that IGN believes is better than the originals. I can agree with some of those, uh, for sure. But... What did you think? Let me know what you think. Um, let me know if there's another remake um, out there that you enjoy more than the original movie that wasn't listed here. But nonetheless, I thought that was fun to be go through, and now I can finally take that off of my saved articles list. Um, but yeah, I mean, fun thing to talk about. Fun thing to put out there. It's interesting. It's a good time. Movie remakes will continue to happen. I'll continue to not be upset about them. Um, so there you go. That's going to be this week's episode. Close the laptop. Um... Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Hope you had fun. Hope it was uh, a good time. But remember, always remember that happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one remembers to turn on the light. Talk to all of you beautiful people next week. Thank you for joining me this week. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get updates on all new episodes. As well, follow me on Twitter at review underscore it underscore Rob. Stay tuned for more adventures.